Well, welcome back to the When I Heard This Podcast. My name is Nate Robinson, and I'm here with Pastor Joseph Tillman, MDiv, soon to be Demon. How are you doing today, sir? I'm well. Good. I'm well. Yeah, I am. Cool. Yeah. Although this topic we're discussing today, I'm approaching it with a little fear and trembling. Why? Because I'm afraid I'm going to do some confessing in the midst of it. Confessing? Yeah. Okay. We'll see. Me too. <clears throat> um, Go to Patreon. $5, like, subscribe, share, comment, follow, download, Facebook and Instagram, when I heard this podcast, X locals when I heard this, today we're talking about gluttony. Mm-hmm. Yummy, yummy gluttony. <laughs> yes, sir. Gluttony. Delicious, deadly number sin, <laughs> number something. Yeah. Seven deadly, seven. Seven, there's deaths, yes, seven deadly yeah. sins. Yes. Yep. Cool. All right. How come, how come there's nine hell realms in Dante, uh-huh. but there's only seven deadly sins? Oh, there's no connection between the two. Uh, isn't there? Neither. Don't most of them match up? Well, but there's ni- neither, neither of them are actually biblical. The seven deadly sins aren't biblical? Uh, not the way that it's framed, No. Like so, oh. there's a like there's a verse in Proverbs that lists some things, but like it doesn't. It's not the exact same list as what you have known as the seven deadly sins that's within um, the Catholic uh, catechisms. Oh, so yeah. Well, maybe we should have started with that when we started this. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. But no, I mean, you know, but they're all sins, though. So true. So we're probably going to talk about what is gluttony. All right, so. Gluttony is basically one who is habitually overeating. Okay. And so it's, I mean, that's, in in essence, that is what gluttony is. Now, in Old Testament and New Testament, there's a connection between gluttony and drunkenness. Okay. So, therefore, you could say there's that it is tied to the sense of excessiveness. Okay. So being excessive in eating or drinking. But those are different, though, right? Yeah, they are. Okay. Yeah. And because you don't necessarily, just because one is maybe given to drunkenness doesn't necessarily mean they're given to gluttony and vice versa. What does the Bible say about gluttony? Okay. So I'm going to read just a few different verses. I mean, okay. We could, again, we could be here for a while reading different verses about gluttony. But so Deuteronomy 21. Oh, and let me just stop you there. We know. All right. Keep going. All right, Deuteronomy 21, 20 through 21. They will say to the elders of his city, the son of ours is stubborn and rebellious. He doesn't obey us. He's a glutton and a drunkard. Then all men of his city will stone him to death. And you must purge the evil from you and all Israel will hear and be afraid. Um, so gluttony is taken pretty seriously and in this context, it's actually connected to rebellion um, I feel like and it would disobedience. Take a long time to stone a glutton to death, <laughs> like longer than a regular person. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on where we're throwing the stones at, right? right. You know, you'd have to have better aim. Yeah, one shot in the head could. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> depends on where the head. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. <laughs> Proverbs 23, 20 through 22. Don't associate with those who drink too much wine or with those who gorge themselves on meat. For the drunkard and the glutton will become poor and grogginess will clothe them in rags. Listen to your father who gave you life and you dis- and don't despise your mother when she is old. Okay. What? Yeah. Well, it's it's Proverbs. So they're just kind of listing things after the other. Sorry, I just, just that's part of verse twenty-two. Oh, um, and so, but for the drunkard and glutton will become poor, and grogginess will clothe them in rags. So, in other words, it will they will eventually lead to poverty, and there's a sense of you know um, laziness that will overcome them. Okay, yeah. So, and then finally, Luke seven thirty-four, and this is speaking about Jesus. And it says, the son of man has come eating and drinking. And you say, look, a glutton and a drunkard, 
a friend of tax collectors and sinners. So Jesus is actually even being called a glutton and a drunkard, um, a friend of tax collectors and sinners, because he chooses to actually eat and drink, again, with tax collectors and sinners. And, and then we could go into Paul's letters, and there are several times where he placed gluttony in his list of things that we oh. should no longer continue to do. Um, why is gluttony a sin? All right, so my answer here is getting really repetitive to all the question of why you ask, why is lust a sin, why is pride a sin, those kind of things. Because I always bring it back to the fact of because it's a, out of a lack of love. Okay. Now, with gluttony, it is, it is really more of a lack of love of self. Okay. So, yeah. Unless I mean, you get so gluttony that you can't take care of your children. Or other people. Okay. Right? Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying is <laughs> gluttony in of itself is you, you're not loving self by doing it. Yeah, because... And, so fat I mean, people hate themselves. Okay. So that's a... All right. That's a statement you've put out there. Okay. All right. Now, <laughs> I would respond to that with there are sometimes medical or health reasons of why people are overweight. Sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. And... But then I think that I think the majority of the time people are using medical and health reasons as an excuse to be overweight. Some people are using those reasons. Some people what okay, like our country is what, almost two thirds either overweight or obese. Mm-hmm. And one third you know, between depending on the stats you look at, between one third and forty percent obese. Already dead. I mean obese. <laughs> obese. <laughs> And so, like, it, you know, and I know I'm part of that of that overweight stat, right? Um, so I feel like I'm talking to my camp here, <laughs> but you know, to to me and to my people. Um, but the, I think the <laughs> fact that you know when when we talk about gluttony, that they're they're like for me, I will say, yeah, it's not like I am not loving myself well by doing that. So I do think a lot of individuals that are overweight do not love themselves well. Yes. So you and also me uh, okay. <laughs> hate ourselves. <laughs> I'm not saying that we just absolutely hate ourselves. Okay. I'm just saying there's a lack of love for ourselves. This, this, this the confession part this is that the you confession were talking part. about? <laughs> <laughs> I got more to say, but yeah, I think like for for example, people will be like, well, I just really love food. Okay, I get that. Like here we go. <laughs> like, 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 I love food too. Like, I get that. But I also know that there need to be things done in moderation with discipline. And mm-hmm. But I'm not, I'm not walking that out very well. So, I, in other words, what I'm getting to is I don't think it's just because people love food. I think it's because we don't love ourselves well enough. So, do you think anyone can love food? Yeah, I think it's probably fine to love food. Like, I think it's fine to love food. Gordon Ramsay seems like he loves food. Oh, absolutely. And right? I and, and I think he's not that fat though. No, no. Yeah. And and I think it's fine to love food. Like to 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 love food. Great. God gave us you know great food to eat. It tastes fantastic. That's the lo- so what, loving food is in itself is fine. I think it's the you know when we people, people say, well, I just love food too much. I think what they're really trying to say is. I love overeating. Right. I love eating the wrong things. That kind of thing. Okay. So, yeah. And we're going to get into the whys. So don't cut like me. Chick-fil-A. Don't cut me off now. <laughs> like Chick-fil-A. Some stuff there is healthy and some stuff there is not. That's part of your problem. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. I there is some don't stuff. like Chick-fil-A. You don't like it? No. I like the food. How? I like the food, but I hate the atmosphere. I don't what? like it. You, what is it about the atmosphere you don't like? I don't like going through the drive-through and having them get in my car. <laughs> <laughs> and they're, they're in yeah, your car and watch a movie with me while I'm ordering. 
and then come to my house and babysit my kids <laughs> and then go back to work and right. then I have chicken. <laughs> like they look inside your life too much. Like get out of my life. And do you, like, do you feel like you're being judged by the people at Chick-fil-A? Or yes. they're just yeah. quit looking in my car. I don't like it. <laughs> so you'd rather go to other places where you have to stay in line yes. like ten times as long. No. The lines at Chick-fil-A are long. No, they're so fast. Yeah. Chick-fil-A is moving, man. They're yeah, moving know. people. I know. There's other restaurants. They're moving slow as Christmas. I don't like it. I don't like it. And all the 15-year-olds who are just happy to be making money. Right. Like, can can you be 30 and hate yourself, please? Like. Do you feel like they're feeling too good about themselves? Yeah. Like, too about life? It's too a little, happy. A little too happy, yeah, right. They're too optimistic about, <laughs> about the direction of the country. <laughs> While they're giving me my chicken. Anyway, I don't like it. Everybody else likes it, and I don't like it. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So, there's so many things to dissect of that, but you, <laughs> Lord. Well, anyway, I like Chick Fil A, so I'm no. sorry you don't. Oh, oh. Well, I've probably been eating enough. For both Get of out us. of my life! Why are you in my? Li- I just that's the problem. They're too. I feel like they want to be a part of my existence. <laughs> like, and I just want chicken. Like they're like the smiley, happy people. Yeah, yeah. Like, but go home. <laughs> I can't wait so, till everything's automated. So wait, so you, <laughs> so you don't like happy people? Is that part of it? Happy people are fine, but it's too happy. <laughs> Okay. It's too happy. Not enough not enough misery going and on. And you know none of them need jobs because their parents have money and they're well, that's not true for all of them. It's totally true. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. Yes, it is. All right. Anyway, all right, whatever. I don't know why we talk about Chick fil A so long. <laughs> hey. Because it's the Lord's chicken. Yeah. It is. <laughs> uh the church, just like you've sort of expressed with yourself currently right now uh-huh. doesn't like to talk about gluttony okay ever okay. they might mention it and be like <laughs> we're all fat but <laughs> that's right yeah and we're having a meal after yeah, service and we're having a meal after service but <laughs> and everything but anyway, is there is no shame or condemnation from the church right like that's all true. the other fun uh, sins for no they're not fun sins but yeah so they don't they don't touch it okay and it's usually because the not usually no go ahead go ahead go ahead and say it go ahead and say it the pastors are always like super fat oh yeah like fatter than you and me (laughs) and and they always tuck their shirts in and their belts are two feet in front of their nose (laughs) (laughs) and and they're not going to talk about it. Right. And their wife is over there just <laughs> taking up four rows. <laughs> but, but yeah, so why doesn't the church like talking about it? Oh, God. Okay. So, all right. Oh, you're right. The ch- I think you've given all the reasons okay. why they don't talk about it. Oh, my God. Um yeah, I don't think they. I don't think they want to talk about it. I think they want to let's just keep eating and feeling good. Um, but I think it actually, like, all right. So like, our church does a monthly what we call a family meal. Mm-hmm. Right? After service, we we eat, mm-hmm. right? And and most of it is pretty unhealthy because it's. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're the South, so it's like Southern food. Mm-hmm. Um. Just bread and potatoes. And, and there's like the little area with like a few vegetables. Yeah. But of course, those vegetables, you're given the option just to completely cover them in ranch dressing yeah. or whatever. <laughs> so, um, so, but you know, so we have these meals and I think they're awesome for fellowship purposes. And even the early church actually had fellowship around meals and feast. Mm-hmm. Like that was normal. Okay. I think. 
the problem is, is that in general, we just don't like to talk about people's weight. Right. Um, and it's like it's just too sensitive of a, to- of a topic. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true in the church. I think that's become true in our culture as well. Mm-hmm. Now, again, I know you'll see all the ads and everything of how you can lose weight, get in shape and those kind of things. But as far as like someone directly like pointing it out, hey, you're overeating. Hey, should you be eating that? Mm-hmm. Like that's not happening much. Doctors aren't even allowed to say it anymore. Yeah, I mean it's like fat shaming, right? Right. I mean it's really become a thing yeah. in our culture where we don't want to talk about people's weight. And again, I get the fact that there are individuals that genuinely have health issues mm-hmm. and that do cause them uh, to unfortunately be overweight. Like I, like I, I, I empathize with those individuals. But the majority of our country is not that. Majority of our country is just simply overweight, and and not because of health reasons. And but 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 it's almost become like off limits to discuss, mm-hmm. both in the church and in just broader society. But I feel like one of the problems with that is in the church, we really are three like a, we are like a three part being, if you were, of body, soul, and spirit. And and I will be honest to say this is something that I've really only come to within the last maybe year or so. Um, You've only been fat for the past year. <laughs> no, <I've>, no. I've, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I I feel like I keep gaining weight, so that's not good. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I've been overweight for a, a few years now. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I was really thin when I was really sick. Yeah. And then as soon as God healed me, I kind of went crazy. Maybe I just need a new, a good terminal illness. Well, maybe not terminal. Maybe not terminal. Like, like I had a chronic illness. Yeah, chronic. In, it's a good word. No, you don't want that. Oh. I can I can tell you it's no, you don't I mean, want that. I'll be sinning less. No. I wouldn't hate myself as much. <laughs> You'd just be in pain all the time. <laughs> It's not a good place, brother. Okay. It's not a good place. I can I can, t- I can speak to that. Um, but like, no, the understanding that we are actually really like a three-part being, that what happens with our body impacts our soul and impacts our spirit. Okay. And so I think, and what I'm getting to is I think in the church for a really long time, we've almost become like, um, we believe in this like dualism a little bit of like, in other words, like the physical body doesn't really have anything to do with my spiritual life. And that's not true. And that's not true. How is that not true? Because we were actually made to have these bodies. Like God created, designed us to have these bodies. Okay. And yes, I understand our bodies are, because of the impact of sin, are now diseased and have sickness in them um, and eventually are, you know, basically decaying and, you know, we eventually die, Mm -hmm. right? Like I, so I get that. I understand that. But we really do have a, we really are created as a triune being. Now, God's triune being in the sense of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. But we're created like as a triune being of, of body, soul, and spirit. And it's not just because we've, I think what we've done is we've talked a lot about our soul or our spirit going to heaven, right? Like just get soul saved, right? Just that's kind of been the oh, right. the, the okay. thing, right? Like let's get to let's get let's get souls, quote unquote, to heaven. And I think we've almost like despiritualized the body. Like the body has really become known as that physical thing which is in sin and dying and decaying. Oh, okay. You see what I'm saying? And so like we've we've not there's no But our we, souls and our spirits are also in sin and Dying yeah. and decaying. Yeah, our, our correct. Our souls okay. are broken. Our spirit is is you know. There's, I mean, there's a lot of different phrases for it, but until we're saved, you know, our spirit man is asleep. Is mm-hmm. you know, is quote unquote dead, and so and it becomes alive when we become alive in Christ, because our final destination is actually not heaven. It's actually new creation. Okay, heaven on earth, and at the point of new creation. 
there's actually, so when Christ comes back, mm-hmm. there's the resurrection of the dead and the bodies are, so like, we, and then we will have bodies again. Now. That will never get fat. Right. Okay. They'll, they'll be glorified bodies. And we can eat as much as we want. I'm so interested to see how this plays out. <laughs> like, I'm like, do we get to have meat? Do we not get to have meat? I don't know. And um, how does this, you know, how does this work in other words? I don't know. But. But the idea, though, that get to heaven and everyone has to be vegan, like really, <laughs> yeah. And so, but again, that's the kind of idea of of heaven and then new creation, which I'm making a distinction between the two. Mm-hmm. We get to heaven, yes, but we're not spending eternity in heaven. Eternity eventually will be spent here, new heaven, new earth, here, okay. and we will once again have bodies. But all I'm getting to is. The church has separated out the physical body from being part of who we are as a spiritual being. Okay. But yet throughout scripture, we see the close connection between our bodies and being alive spiritually. Mm. Like when we're told, like in the Psalms, for example, to praise the Lord, it's always with lift up your head, lift up your hands, you know. It's and so our body is part of it. You know, when individuals encounter the Lord, they they're kneeling before Him. There's this movement of the body, and I think it's all part of that. Um, you know, and so I think that when our body is unhealthy physically, it does have an impact on the health of our soul and our spirit. So if I'm fat because of mental mm-hmm. or physical problems. Okay. Is that a sin? Let me let me okay, let me dive into it. Okay. The physical part, you're you're right. You can have physical like we've said earlier like you can have health issues, medical issues that unfortunately cause you to be overweight. Mm. So no, I'm not going to sit here and say you're in sin because of that, right? Okay. Gluttony is specifically attached to overeating. Oh. Right? It's specifically attached to excessiveness. There are people who are not excessive in their eating, but due to medical issues they have, are overweight. Okay. So that's not gluttony. Um, There's individuals that have mental health issues, and whether that be mental or be emotional, and they're overeating as a coping mechanism to deal with what's going on. That's not un. That's not healthy. Okay. Um, and so, and I would say it's sin because it's not the best that God would have for them. Okay. But but and I think that's kind of when we get into like when we're talking about people who you know have mental or mental health challenges and they're using food as a coping mechanism for dealing with their stress, their anxiety their circumstances. And so, and the overeating can kind of come in a couple of different ways. It can one be seen as like a reward for just getting through the day or for getting through a specific task that just seemed really challenging for them. Mm-hmm. And so you overeat as a reward, you know, or you eat the wrong thing as a reward. Um, you, you, you know, you, you accomplish something and you're like, Oh man, I was able to get through that. I was able to do that. That's a big deal. Or too much drinking. Yeah. Yeah. Or same t- thing. Same thing. Okay. Same thing. Um, you know, and so, you know, I'll, you know, drink too much or I'll go and I'll have, you know, oh, I, I deserve this candy bar, this large soda, this, you know, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, and then you have the other part of just coping with the stress and the, anxiety the disappointments of life circumstances of life and and so you're you're eating and unfortunately you know unhealthy eating so often lends itself to more unhealthy eating um because you're you're using you're burning through the inner the the it's giving you energy to kind of make it you burn through it and then you need more but you're associating what you need with unhealthy things Um, okay yeah and but and so there's those, there's all of those kind of things. Um, can I, but can I also say one other thing? This is not an excuse. This is just a reality that like eating healthy is very expensive. 
True. Right. And so, and I'm not saying it's impossible at all, but I'm just saying that it's cheaper to eat unhealthy. Oh, so are you saying, okay, so then my question, my question would be, is being poor an excuse Yeah, to be unhealthy? Yeah. And I think, I, I think it's a or real, I think it's a real, gluten. I think it's a real question. Okay. Um, that's, that requires a lot of consideration to be very honest. Cause it um, used to be the opposite. Y- correct. Right. Yeah. If you were poor, you were skinny. Yeah. And the rich people were fat. Right. Absolutely. But now it's the other way. It's the other way around. Um, now, you still have individuals that are, you know, maybe living paycheck to paycheck as blue collar workers and working hard. So they're kind of burning through, you know, they're using, they're burning right. through the calories. So it doesn't affect them as much. But like with so many jobs today being more sedentary type jobs, it has definitely caused a problem. We should do the next podcast on a treadmill. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay. All right. So, um, <laughs> and I think so. We, we wouldn't be able to talk. No, we, we would die. It's <laughs> it'd be our final podcast. Yeah. Um, but I think that so I don't want to say it's an excuse, okay? But I wanted to say it's a reality with to deal with now. And if you're if you're an individual and you're receiving financial assistance and food stamps and those kind of things, then obviously trying to get food that's not that not everything you're getting is unhealthy okay. is would, would be a goal. But that'd be the goal for whether you're rich or you're poor, right? Because if you're if you're rich and you don't care about the money, then same thing. Maybe you're using it to just get whatever you want to get, mm. eating wise. Um and so therefore you're you you end up in the same state of being overweight. Um, and you know, and then again, some of us is, some of it is just jobs. What are you doing? Well, you're not active during the day. You're sitting at the office all day, so you're not moving. And so therefore you're, you know, the same kind of thing. You're just, you're, you're, that's, that's not healthy. Um, but getting back to like mental, I, I wanted to bring that in because I do think it's a part of the equation, but getting back specifically to the mental health challenges, I think that I would ask individuals that are like who are using food as a coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. Like let's like, let's get healthy in our emotions. Okay. And that will probably lead to a health in the, in, in how we were responding to food. Like, in other words, I think it'd be really hard to take someone who's using it as a coping mechanism and just say, stop eating. Like that's gonna be really hard for that person. Mm-hmm. But if we go, all right, let's go through a, excuse me, like let's go through a journey of getting healthy in our emotions healthy mentally and then and it just kind of and can give back even like to loving ourselves all right now i don't need that food to bring me some sense of security or some sense of you know calmness or okayness quote unquote you know so um i i do think there's a so i'm not gonna sit here and look at like someone that's i think this is the we have to be careful. We can't just look at everyone that's overweight and be like, you sinner, <laughs> right? Okay. But do I think that I am in sin for overeating, for eating the wrong things, knowing I shouldn't eat those things, but doing it anyway? And it is and it is impacting me negatively in my body. And I'm thinking like about me personally right now. Yeah, that's that's sin. That's missing the mark. That's not... Stepping into what everything God would have for me. Okay. Yeah. So do I need to lose 50 pounds? Yes. Right. But I've got to, but I've got to own that and then begin to work through that. So. All right. Well, it's the beginning of the year. So we're going to make new year's resolutions. Let's do it. Oh man. Yeah. These things never work. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) It's because everybody else did the same thing. Uh, no. So, how fat am I allowed to be before I am going to hell? <laughs> like, how much gluttony is acceptable? Right. So, so if if tonight for dinner, uh-huh. I ate too much, okay, but I did it one time, okay, is that okay? Okay. Is that a sin? Did right. I do a sin? Did you do a sin thing? Well, okay. So let's. Or how many times do I have to overeat before and then it becomes how fat 
do I need to be before right seven deadly sins gluttony <laughs> okay and, and and death and hell and death and yes uh, right <laughs> okay and then non-existence <laughs> right yeah okay i remember things that you tell me there you go very yep. good very good <laughs> now we know the whole ceasing to exist is a question but anyway all right right yes 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 okay all right but as far as as far as the like all right let me look back let's look at scripture Okay. Okay. So in scripture, we know that there were feast mm-hmm. times and the Jews would actually have feast days. Right. So they're feasting. All right. Which means gluttonizing. Which, which, which means eating a lot. Okay. Right. And so we know that there was those celebratory days that were happening. Even in Jesus' time, they were happening. In the early church, it was happening. Mm-hmm. There were feast days. And so, but there were feast days that were, was like, feast months and years you know like there were occasional days okay and i think that is so i think when we in other words what i'm saying is i think there's going to be like moments in our lives where we're celebrating something where there's a it's a feast okay you may eat a little more than you normally would okay all right cool but that can't become the norm okay like every day can't become feast day so i can't be Fat as a habit. I can't overeat. As a habit. As a habit. Okay. Yes. So overeating one time on accident is not a sin. <laughs> no. Okay. No. And because, and again. Because this think, is different from some of the other. This is different from some of the other. I really thought about this. Okay. Because I was like, well, we'll make, what makes this different? Yes. Okay. And what makes this overeating different? And. And I do think there's a sense of, like, in Scripture, they had these religious gatherings where they were eating and fellowshipping together. Mm-hmm. So the eating was with purpose, if that makes sense. Okay. You know, it was part of the of the grander religious experience that they were having. Okay. And and I think when when it's put in times like that, you know, whether it's in religious settings or whether it's in a wedding celebration or something like that, like... That's I think that's it's connected to something. I think the problem with gluttony in and of itself as a sin is that it's overeating for the sake of just overeating. So it's like yeah, I, I guess I'm sorry, go ahead. It's like drinking with your friends versus sitting at home by yourself. Okay. Right? Elaborate. Is that a difference? No, I think it's I think you're on I think you're onto something. Because if I'm just sitting at home and eating chips all day by myself right and it's not for purpose with other people and it wasn't bringing any goodness to my life right by hanging out with people then that's the difference i think that's a i think that's a big difference okay yeah and because i think that or when every meal is just an unhealthy meal because sometimes it's not just i mean gluttony is overeating but sometimes it's just eating like overeating the wrong things too but overeating the wrong things, I mean... Over and over and over again. Eating the wrong things over and over and over again, even if you don't eat that much, is still gluttony. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Is gluttony... Uh, when I asked this question originally, I thought that your original answer was going to be about other things other than food. Okay. So are there other things besides food and drink that I can glutton for? Or is that something different? Or is that like greed or something? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think you're starting to get into kind of other categories of okay. greed and lust and that kind of thing. So gluttony is always referred to as a as a food. Yeah, and drink I mean, thing. throughout even throughout Scripture, it's it's connected to that. Okay, it's connected to food. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because I could say like, there's a phrase called glutton for punishment. Right or some or stuff like that. So right. that's not that's not this sin. That's not. Yeah, I don't think this is what this is talking about in a scriptural sense. Okay. Yeah, I think we we use a phrase like that in our current cultural mm-hmm. context, but I don't think scripture would have spoken to it that in that same way. Um, the the one thing I guess I would say is like gluttony is does seem to be tied a little bit, not a little bit. Gluttony does seem to be tied also to a sense of like, um like uh almost like wastefulness um 
Okay. And like, like, so like, I'm like almost like I'm, I'm, I'm wasting my own body on it, on food. Um, oh. And so I think if it's that sense, again, I think that kind of goes back to the idea of not loving self well, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so you kind of go back to that idea of not loving self. And so I think I could see that for other things like, like they're a, like a glutton for punishment. They don't care enough about themselves. So they'll just do things that are reckless, that are excessive because they don't, there's not enough care for themselves. Um, and I know it's not how we always use that phrase. I'm just kind of trying to connect mm-hmm. the two. People struggle with this their whole lives. Mm-hmm. So, uh, is like, and it can be for many reasons. Sure. So, what do they do about it? Okay. So, can we put the medical reasons like to the side? Yeah. Okay. Because we, we know we're not talking about their that. Their whole lives because of whatever right because of whether they saw it as that's what you did when they were growing up right that was the example set for them so that's, therefore that's what they do right or whether it's i'm coping with something or they're used to the type of bad food that they yeah. ate for right. their whole life and almost yeah. become addicted to it yeah yeah i mean an addiction is real by the way with overeating like it's an it can be yeah. addiction yeah um just like any other thing can become an addiction we've watched that show way yeah. too much Okay, I've never watched the six hundred so. pound life show. Yeah, never, never watched, watched it. an episode. Never have. So good. <laughs> Is it? It's just an hour and a half of fat people rolling around and <laughs> yeah, it's it's bad. It's that makes my heart. You watch break. them try to take a shower and they can't. And uh, see, that makes my heart break. Well, yeah, it breaks their heart too. Yeah. Get it? You I, see what I did there? I did. I, uh... <laughs> All right. (laughs) But no, but like, I mean, but that's what I'm talking about. Like the lack of loving self, right? Yeah. Like you don't, you don't get that point if you love yourself well, or if you, or if, because, and I understand there's sometimes there's mental health issues involved, right? The anxiety, the depression Mm -hmm. that feeds that, right? That feeds the overeating. Good one. Like that. Um, And, um, and so, you got me thrown off completely now, but you know, so there's, there's the mental health part that like pun intended, I guess at this point feeds yeah. that. And, and so, but I would, I would want to say to that person though, that, that you're not loving yourself well, like you don't like you, you're just not loving yourself well. And mm-hmm. so like, what does it look like to get in a community of people that can walk with you through this Help you learn to love yourself well to where you don't need food to either kind of, you know, uh, repress emotions um, of how you feel or cover up those, you know, cover up the emotions um, or try to help you cope with it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes in the coping, the coping leads to, I think we mentioned this with lust as well, but sometimes in coping, it leads to addiction. Okay. Like, in other words... So it may start out with right. someone is coping with something because they're just trying to figure out how to deal with this issue of life. And the next thing, now they're addicted. Okay. Right. And that we see that all the time, whether that's pornography or alcohol or food, drugs, the coping leads to an addiction. So like the my boyfriend broke up with me, so I ate a tub of ice cream and now I always eat ice cream. Yeah. Kind of yeah. yeah, I mean, if if that's starting to, if that's part of it, right? That, coping. I'm, I'm coping with trauma, with hurt, with pain. Um, you know, I mean, I think a lot of times those are kind of isolated events, mm-hmm. right? I, I like, but if that becomes my norm for how I'm coping with everything, with overeating, mm-hmm. that's that's when it's becoming really detrimental to you as an individual. And again, I think that. If I just go, you know, tell someone, stop it, don't do that, just stop overeating. And yet they've either done it their whole life or that's how they cope or they're addicted. Like, it's just not going to work to say that. Mm. So you really have to walk it through the same way you would with any other thing and say, hey, we're going to find accountability. We're going to find community, um, you know, possibly a counselor if there's trauma to deal with. Um, th- that all becomes... I think a necessary requirement of 
seeing someone starting to make the steps to be made whole and to not have to overeat to just deal with life. Mm. Um, and I do think it's a sad part um, that when people are having a hard time coping with life, that's what the kind of things they have to turn to. Um, and I feel like that's been true in my own life. I feel like I've overeaten to cope and to deal with issues of life. And uh, and that's not good. But then I also think there's probably deeper things there of, well, Joe, you're not you're not, you know, self-disciplined or self-controlled enough in a lot of other areas of life. Why is that? Mm -hmm. And so therefore it plays itself out in this arena as well uh, with eating. And so I think those are some like bigger heart issues to deal with than just the you're overeating. So stop it kind of thing. Okay. So what about um, like getting pregnant? Is that an excuse to be a, a sinning glutton? <laughs> Is getting pregnant an excuse to be a sinning glutton? Yeah. Um, no. Okay. Um, but then you're also framing it as if, if I'm gaining weight, therefore I must be a sinning glutton. Right. And that's just not the case. Okay. Right. I mean, the body is naturally going to gain weight because you're pregnant. You're naturally going to eat more because your body requires it. Okay. So, those are, so you know. Okay. <laughs> so, any pregnant woman listening to this, you're not a glutton. Say I was fat. Okay. Just throwing it out there hypothetically. All right. Just, you know. You're right, right. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Um, How do I stop? How, how do I figure out, I guess, why I am fat and fix it? I mean, I know how to fix it. Okay. Everybody knows how to fix it. Sure. I think. Most I think, people. I think that's a good generalization to yeah. say. But how do I get myself to fix it? Okay. Yeah. And I think some of it will be like, hey, why can't you just get motivated to fix it? Right. Right. And. And I and I don't got to go to a conference. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that just doesn't work. Right. I mean, like even when I lost all the weight that I lost when I was sick with chronic pancreatitis, chronic pancreatitis, I lost all that weight, not because I chose to, but because I had to. Right. Like if I kept eating, I was just going to be in pain all the time. Oh, right. So the pain was the deterrent. The pain was the reason I couldn't eat. Mm -hmm. um, and so. And in the midst of all that, I actually learned how to eat well, eat really well, eat really crazy low fat diets. Did you? I did. I learned. <laughs> I mean, I met with dietitians and nutritionists. And, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Okay. yeah I mean, yeah. I mean, I was with the best of the best at Mayo Clinic and I learned all this stuff and I applied it. And that's how I ate. You went to a Mayo Clinic? That's excessive. Well, no. Th that's excessive overeating. That stuff sneaks up on you. Okay. Not mayonnaise, Nate. So the hospital. Okay. All right. Anyways. The. <laughs> killing me. All right. The. um, Yeah. So if you're actually wanting to like you come to the point, the realization and you're like, all right, I actually don't want to continue to be overweight. Mm -hmm. I don't want to continue to overeat. I don't want to continue this pattern in my life of using food as a coping mechanism. Like if that's what you come to, which hopefully we would come to, I, I do think you're onto something. I think what we often try to do is give technical solutions to really adaptive type problems or challenges. What I mean by that is if, if I just tell people, here's the things you need to eat, just mm -hmm. go eat these things. Here's how often you need to exercise. Here's when you need to stop eating at night. Here's how to intermittently fast. You do all those, like you give them all the technical tools. Mm -hmm. Let's say they even do it and they lose all that weight. Six months later, They've probably gained most of that weight back. Mm. And you see that pattern over and over and over and over and over again. I think it's because we're trying to give technical solutions to problems that are, I call them adaptive, but problems that are much more nuanced than that. 
that require okay. something more than just here's the right tools to use to handle this problem. So yeah. what is the right tool to use to handle the problem? I think it's, I, I, you know, it's interesting because I think it's a couple things. And so, for example, the, um, a group like Weight Watchers mm -hmm. actually has hit on something with this. There's not only an individual you meet with, but you, they try to get you in a group, in a mm -hmm. community of people. Like AA. Yeah, like AA. Okay. And WW. Yeah. And they're where they're in the community are doing things to not only lose weight, but to eat right, to ask questions of why I'm eating this certain ways, but they're doing it all in this group, in this community. Mm -hmm. And I think that actually is probably the bigger uh, or the that's probably what is what is really required. OK, like, in other words, I'm going to figure out why do I feel the need to eat? Why do I feel the urge to eat? And I'm, I'm up. Am I just addicted to sugar? So I'm just eating sugars all day or is there something more going on? You know, and and if it's just as simple as the sugar. All right. How can I cut those out and be held accountable to that and do it in community? Because you're probably not going to do that by yourself because mm. you start going through withdrawals and you're like, forget this. I'll eat the cookie. <laughs> and so, you know, I think that you so but doing it in community with people helping you figure out the whys. Why am I doing this? What can I do differently? You know, um, to try to not just with the technical things, but what can I do to what is it, is it? Do I need to go see a counselor? Do I need to be part of a uh, a regular group? You know, there's all those things that are going to help help you more than just the skill sets, the knowledge, if you were, of what to do. Um, and so, and if there's emotional trauma there. I think counselors are a huge part of it, of the process and of helping you get well and get whole so that you don't feel like you have to overeat to be okay. And so I think for a lot of people and myself included, like overeating or eating the wrong thing, it's like, oh yeah, I'm doing this and I'm, this makes me feel okay with, about self. Okay. Yeah. And I think we've got to get past that. Um, and then we are not even getting into the physiological, neurological things that are going on with the chemicals that we're eating and the dopamine releases and those mm -hmm. kind of things. Those are all real as well, but that's still all part of the wrapped up into the, the coping and the addictive part. And so that hopefully you can walk out that with, whether it be a counselor or in a, or in a group setting, some type of community setting where you can figure those things out and get the help you need so that you don't have to continue to live the way you've been doing. And I'm saying that as if I'm talking to someone else and I'm talking to myself, <laughs> you know, like calling it for what it is. And so you didn't really mention Jesus in there. Yeah. Is that, I think, well, okay. So for the Christian, sure. I think Jesus is a, actually a huge part of it because okay. if we're going back to the part of, we're all, it's all connected. Body, spirit, soul are all connected. Right. Then I guess what I've been dealing more with was the body and the soul. Mm -hmm. But no, I think the spirit part, excuse me. No, I think the Jesus part is actually a, a big part of the equation too. Because if I can begin to discover my identity in Christ, I will love myself more. Mm -hmm. If I begin to value my body I will love my body more. I will not just consider it just second rate compared to my spirit or my soul. Mm. Um, if, if, if I'm connected with Jesus and following Jesus and loving Jesus, then I'm trusting the Holy Spirit will bear a fruit of self-control in my life where I'm not just trying to grin and bear it myself, but there's actually Jesus walking me or walking with me in the midst of this. Mm. Um, but again, I always think Jesus walks in the midst of community. I'm just a big proponent of that, that where Jesus walks, we find ourselves in community for following him. And so I think that when I was talking about the communal aspect, hopefully for a lot of us, that would be in a Christian context. Um, and, and I think, you know, kind of going back to the church, like, and again, I've got to, it's got to start with me. I'm a pastor. Like I need to be able to say, Hey, it's not okay to be overweight as I am. Own it. 
feel free to call me out on it. That's now I'm not going to ask all our congregants to say they're that they have to do the same thing, right? Shame, shame, <laughs> shame on you. And so, right. But I think for me, like I, I needed to own it and then not just own it, but okay, then so what are we going to do about it? And, and I don't think I have much right to say a whole lot to be, if I'm being fully honest <clears throat> until I've kind of walked that mm. road and maintained on that road. Cause I feel like my weight has always been very up and down so mine's been up and down but over way too many years <laughs> yeah 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 agreed agreed anyway let's get sexy <laughs> gotta get ready for spring break right spring break, spring break. <laughs> yeah all cool. right yeah new year's re- resolution yeah so that next year by the end of next year we can put out a when i heard this podcast <laughs> calendar, calendar. And you and I can alternate every month. Or we could be in the same photos together. (laughs) Oh, man. Top 10 things no one wants to buy or look at. (laughs) Or we could just put two out. (laughs) No, I don't think. Your your edition and my my edition. edition. (laughs) Yeah. Which one did you get? No, I do not think this is the way to go. Let's do it. No, let's not. <laughs> let's not. All right. All right, man. Well, that was that episode. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I <love> what... <laughs> Never what? mind. What? I'm just saying we're doing this like like right after we've all gorged ourselves to death. Oh, yeah, I know. The holidays. Yeah. But but now's the time. But it's the new year. It's the new year. Yeah. We can start anew. Mm-hmm. All right. Year of our Lord 2024. Here we go. Uh, go to Patreon, $5, like, subscribe, share, comment, follow, download, Facebook, Instagram, When I Heard This Podcast, X, and Locals, When I Heard This. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Nate Robinsoff, and you can follow Joseph on Instagram at Rev Joe T. This has been the When I Heard This Podcast, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye.